capitalism. Is capitalism evil in response to some of the thinking coming out of the Black Lives Matter organization, right? So is capitalism evil? What does it mean? Some comments I've gotten specifically and much more. So stick around. Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Get your hand out, you don't even need the help. Oh, I don't need nothing else. Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Get your hand out, you don't even need the help. Oh, that's right. I don't need nothing else. That's right. King's Dream, man. Couple quick updates. Thank you for tuning in. King's Dream, ENT. This channel exists to encourage, empower, inspire you to live God's dream for your life. Listen, um, couple quick updates. These are officially going to our podcast. If you are driving and you can't watch the video, I'm going to be jump, dumping these onto our King's Dream Outlier podcast. If you search Ruslan, you search for King's Dream Outlier Ruslan in the podcast app, Spotify. We'll be posting those there now. Some of you guys been requesting that. Boom. There we go. I'm testing something right now, seeing how many times I can go live in a day, create these hopefully shorter videos. We'll see how short this one is uh, to just kind of test this YouTube algorithm. I don't edit these videos. These are live. So reason for you to hit the like button, turn on the notifications, make sure you're subscribed so that way we can interact in the YouTube chat. Speaking of interacting in the YouTube chat, let me know where you're watching this from YouTube. Uh, shout out to all the people on Facebook, Periscope, we're everywhere, even Twitch. Let me know where you're watching this from. Let me know, uh, let me know where you're watching this from. Let me know if you're subscribed. And let me know your thoughts, right? Uh, this is going to be a very interesting video. I'm not sure how popular it's going to be, but I think it's important that we talk about capitalism. Capitalism is a controversial thing. It's kind of coming under attack. And I wanted to kind of dispel some of the myths about capitalism, but I wanted to first explain where this is coming from, okay? I made a video a couple days ago reacting to Andrew Scholl's video on reparations. And I spent the first two-thirds of the video... Uh, you guys should go watch it. It's pretty dope. I spent the first two two thirds of the video talking about talking about reparations and how I think it's fairly reasonable to uh, you know for black people to expect reparations, not because of slavery, but because of Jim Crow and redlining and the war on drugs and how a lot of people in that community were prevented from building wealth. So I spent the first two thirds talking about it, but where I landed was, hey, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the government that dropped the ball and got us to this place with regards to race is actually going to pay out reparations. Here's the best way that you can do something about it, which is build wealth, build businesses, build wealth, pass it down, buy property, become financially literate. Basically, I told people to win at capitalism. I think that's a fair uh, solution to this because I just, I don't know, I just don't expect the incompetent U.S. government to do anything about the federal government, not all government people are incompetent, but the federal government to uh, fix this for us personally. And I got an interesting comment that I want to read to you guys. I don't really, I mean, I'm, I've been trying to read the comments less. The channel is growing amazingly, by the way, we're going to crack 20,000 subscribers. So thank you. Shout out to all the new people. The Patreon is growing. Shout out to all the people there. But I wanted to read this comment to you guys. I wanted to unpack it. I wanted to dispel some myths about capitalism and how it's not a perfect system, but I think it's the best that we got. And give you, yes, you, yes, you, some tangible ways that you can win at this game called capitalism. Now, again, if you're watching this, shout out. We got people from all over. We got people from all over. Ohio, Arizona. 
We got my man Jesse from Denmark. Hello, somebody. Virginia. I'm about to go to Virginia here in a sec. All right, check out this comment. This comment's crazy. Okay, so again, video is talking about the first two thirds is talking about how black people should get reparations, but I say they're probably not going to. And I give some reasons why. And then I say, but here's what we can do, right? Here's what we can do. Here's what we should do. We shouldn't rely on the government. Now check out this comment. This is interesting to me. Whoop, let's go here. Okay. So the comment, shout out to Brent Douglas. He said, he said, I like the fact that Ruslan is using his platform for conversations like these. Oh, thanks, man. He liked the fact that I'm speaking up about things I've always talked about. Okay. Uh, however, at the same time, his perspective is definitely informed by white supremacy, not critical race theory. It's like he's saying systemic oppression held you back, but don't worry about that. Push past that. His privilege is all over this. Wow. All right. So my perspective on telling people to invest in the market, to buy real estate, to build businesses, to learn scarce skill sets is informed uh, by white supremacy. Now, I, I don't think capitalism is white supremacy. I think they're de- different things, and I'll kind of get into the minutia of that here in a second. But I think this is that's a very interesting, very interesting perspective. And here's why. I think this is actually a knock at what is going on within this broader movement, right? So we, we've, we've gotten to this wild place as Americans in Western culture with a lot of this racial tension and all that stuff. And a lot of that is, you know, unfortunately, by our own doing. It is by really bad policy. It is bad. It is. It is by a lot of really bad things that we've self-inflicted. And then, furthermore, the church has dropped the ball on being at the forefront of social issues. Unfortunately, so what happened? Well, after the repeated unarmed shootings of black men uh, and, and young boys, uh, Trayvon Martin, I think, was the, the key one. A, a movement sprouted out called Black Lives Matter. Face, uh, face. Uh, uh, the, the lead, the face of it is an organization called Black Lives Matter. The organization Black Lives Matter. The leaders are trained Marxists. Now, Marxists believe in uh, the the the, distrib- the means of distribution being owned by the people. Capitalism is the people have a free market, and Marxism, socialism, communism. The, the people control all means of distribution and you're basically redistributing wealth, right? Now, I come from Soviet Russia. I'll make a separate video about that, my experience with communism or socialism. So, movement sprouts up. The church is quiet on this. The church has been quiet on this. And, I, and, and, and I'm talking post-civil rights, unfortunately. There wasn't an organization by Christians. So what happens? Movement starts up by people who are LGBT, queer affirming, so on and so forth, and they are Marxist. They, they, they don't like capitalism. They don't like everything. They, they, the view is basically that we have to dismantle the entire system. It's, it's not that racism has crept into this. It's that the system is entirely corrupt. It's not that there are systems that allow for racist and covert cops to come inside of them and, uh, you know, police unions protect them and they don't have to get reported for some of this. It's, it's not that. It's that. No, 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 no. The, our entire system, the entire system of how Western society functions is corrupt and completely needs to be dismantled. So this the, 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 the moderate view of this is what some people call like political correctness, kind of being sensitive to other people's sensitivities, whether somebody has a disability all the way down to people's sexual orientation and then all the way to 
these these more I would say concepts of um, they, they tend to be a bit more radical. We're like, hey, we got to dismantle everything, cancel culture, right? These things are kind of all connected. And he's specifically talking about critical race theory. Now, critical race theory, I think, has some decent ideas, right? But I also think it's just a theory, right? And that's, that's interesting where a lot of people say, like, theory, right? Like, like the theory of evolution. They don't mean it. it's a theory. They mean they believe it's absolutely true. So critical race theory has... Some points that are decent, it's also connected to intersectionality. And I'm definitely, I've repeatedly said that I don't buy into these things as a 100% absolute truth. I think there are some points in critical race theory that uh, that hold some value, but I don't think everything about our entire system is racist. I think we have had racist policies. I think people have benefited from slavery. Businesses have benefited from slavery. And I think we as a country have done our job, our best, some of our best job to mitigate racism, to make laws that aren't, you know, enabling racism, to change systems. We've done that, but we haven't done the best job at it, but we've done something, right? So I don't, I don't ascribe to critical race theory as an absolute truth. I acknowledge that it's a, it's a theory. It's a decent theory. Intersectionality is another theory. And so you have this wide spectrum now of this broader Black Lives Matter movement. What am I talking about? Well, there's like four or five different types of Black Lives Matter. There's the organization, which is Marxist, which I don't agree with. Uh, that portion of it, right? I don't, I don't agree with the critical race theory being absolute truth, the intersectionality being absolute truth. I think there is some truth in it, but to view it as like gospel, close-handed essentials, I just think is wild and I don't think it's helpful. And then there's like the more like moderate, which is kind of like, yeah, like black lives do matter. It's a fair sentiment. Why would they not matter, right? Uh, yeah, black lives matter. And someone like me would say, yeah, black lives matter. And I'll go out and I've been to marches and have no problem saying black lives matter. Right. There's, there's a lot of people there. I would say the majority of the people are there. They're not necessarily endorsing the organization. They're not endorsing all the baggage that comes with critical race theory, intersectionality, all these different things and doing the work to, right. They're just kind of like, yes, black lives matter. It's obvious that there's disparities and we, you know, we think black people should be treated better. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's people there. Then there's, uh, then there's, there's like another one, which is, which is like, now there's like Antifa is all of a sudden Black Lives Matter, right? Which is completely different, like suburban anarchist kids infiltrating these protests and, and kind of causing a lot of the riots to start up. So then there's Antifa and all of a sudden they're, they're Black Lives Matter, right? And then there's like the woke white liberal who just wants to like bow and apologize to to black people and kiss their feet and wash their feet uh there's like that sex of of the black lives matter broader movement and so there's this is a wide spectrum of people and, and and the organization is brilliant in the branding of it because there's a lot of people that fall under this but unfortunately the the organization has some views that i don't personally don't agree with and it goes back to a critique of capitalism, a critique of everything about America. And again, I come from socialism. I come from being a refugee in communist Russia, right? It's not lit. And and just, just some, some history, uh, capitalism was actually coined by Marx. Like the, the phrase of it came from Marx, Karl Marx, right? So that that's interesting. So like the capitalism was named as something that was different than what he was trying to formulate. And it was named by the guy who basically invented Marxism and communism. So that's that's interesting, right? Two, uh, capitalism is was not invented, 
Okay, capitalism was not invented. Capitalism is who we are as people. It is, it is the very fabric of how society functions in a free society where the guys with the guns uh, don't come and tell you what to do with your property, right? Uh, it's a system where, hey man, uh, I'm making a fire. You just, you know, caught some deer and I'll help you cook the deer in exchange for getting some of your deer both win-win, right? At the fabric, this is who we are as people. We've, we've always traded farmers, trading different, sto- uh, different stocks, different, you know, this farmer has eggs, this farmer has, you know, I don't know, strawberries, milk, and they're trading, right? They're trading. This, this is the fabric of who we are. It's a free market society, right? I'm not talking about how capitalism has evolved in America. I'm talking about the very basics of capitalism, Okay, this goes back to how humans have always functioned. It is the freedom. And what it does is it it capitalizes on people's best, uh, best self-interest, if you will. Right. Whatever's in their best self-interest, then if they can add that to the marketplace, then they will get these little pieces of paper called money. Right. So, again, it was never invented. It is how we've always functioned. And it it basically appeals to people's self-interest. If I can develop skills that can help me in the marketplace, or if I'm willing to trade my time for money, then I can make money to what? Buy food, buy clothes, go on vacations, do fun stuff, pay for my living, right? Buy, I don't know what you're into, buy Yeezys, whatever, right? So it, this is just who we've always been. You know what I mean? Shout out to the homie, uh, Hogan, hey, if you're watching this live, again, let me know where you're watching this from. Give this video a quick thumbs up. Um, Hogan feels pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty passionate about this. He said, socialism is the workers owning the means of production rather than corporations and companies. Social programs do not equate to socialism. You can have a capitalist economy with social programs. That's great. Thank you so much for, for explaining that. Yes, socialism is where the people own the means of production. What, now, what, why is that important? Well, because who are the people, mainly? Right in communist Russia, you know who the people were. It was the tyrannical government. It was the government that owned everything, right? And that's not lit. Like you don't want the government owning your business. Why would you want that, right? That's not cool. So, so who are the people? The people is, um, the people, the people is the government. Um, shout out to Caleb. He said here in America, we're all about the crony capitalism. Yes, and that is also something that I'm not with. Just so we're clear. I'm not about crony capitalism. I'm not about fake capitalism, right? I'm not about building up these huge organizations and letting them kind of do, you know, what they want, give them huge, huge tax breaks, all that kind of stuff. I'm not the biggest fan of trickle-down economics. I don't think it's helpful for lower and, and poor people to make it up, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just haven't seen uh, the middle class grow under trickle-down economics. And so I'm definitely not a fan of crony capitalism. I'm talking about, let's just call it free market. I'm talking about a free market. I'm talking about, hey guys, I have skills that can help this person build a business and this person has money to pay me. So I'm going to trade my skills in exchange for money. And I think that's dope, right? I'm going to get to how you can win in capitalism here in a second. But hopefully I'm following along. Again, if you're watching this live, thank you so much for watching this live. Uh, This is very, you know, it's a big topic. So I'm I'm just doing my best to kind of share some of these ideas with you guys. So by and large, people assume that capitalism causes poverty. It doesn't. If you look at countries that have had 
excuse me, communist, uh, capitalism causes poverty. It doesn't. If you look at countries that have adopted capitalistic free market uh, economies that started trading with people, started trading with the world at large, if you look at what's happening in China, which is a communist nation, and then I think in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, I think it was under Ronald Reagan, they opened up and started trading with the world economy. What happened? China grew in abundance. Now, they still have a tyrannical government and it's still communist, but the more they started doing capitalistic things like trade, they grew. The economy grew, less people starved. They, had, they got rid of the single child policy, which is a whole wild debacle. You can watch a documentary about that on Amazon Prime if you want to. So capitalism, by and large, you look at India, the same thing happened in India. The more nations adapt capitalistic free market policies, the better they do financially overall. That's why I think it's very problematic to assume that capitalism is evil. It's not. It is who we are. It is the, 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 the bare bone, the functionality of who we are as humans is to trade, is to give Service, trade services, trade goods, so on and so forth, right? It is who we are. It's who we've always been. It's, it precedes anything, right? So that's, that's another myth is it, it, it creates poverty. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it, the, the poorest of the poor today in America, in a capitalistic Western 2020 society, the poorest of the poorest today live better than the kings and the queens and the monarchs of 200 years ago, 150 years ago, right? This is what capitalism does. It, it, it creates surplus. It creates goods. It creates all of these things that we didn't have. I mean, shoot, I, you know, you could argue the poorest today live better than our grandparents did, right? In, in a Western capitalistic society, in a free market society. So society functions well when people have freedom. It's not about capitalism. It's not about capital or money. It's about freedom. It's about coming and going and doing what you want, making arrangements, right? And again, I'm not talking about crony capitalism. I'm not talking about consumerism. Consumerism isn't it either, right? Consumerism is like you buy things to make yourself feel better. You find your identity in things. Not what I'm talking about, right? I'm, I, don't, I don't do that. So it is important to know what is the difference. Now, here in America, I would say we kind of have a hybrid, right? We, we have a capitalistic market. There should be some degree of government o oversight. By the way, capitalism is not monopoly, right? It's not, it's not companies having a monopoly on stuff. And capitalism ultimately creates competition. What do I mean? I'll give you guys an example. Now, check this out. I got this video switcher right here, right? I'll make a video. You guys maybe can't see it. I'll make a video about this video switcher and my host setup. Now, this video switcher... I got off of B&H. B&H is a company out of New York. Super dope. They sell camera equipment. Now, B&H uh, got this to me in like 24 or 48 hours, right? B&H is a Jewish company. They're closed on the Sabbath, Friday to Saturday. I've been there in person. Pretty cool. Like it's right in Times Square. It's dope. Now, B&H started doing two-day delivery. Why? Why did I start doing two-day two delivery? Because Amazon was doing two-day delivery, right? Amazon was crushing it, doing two-day delivery. So what happened? So B&H, a much smaller company, stepped up and gave me what? A better service and a better experience to shop with them. Capitalism creates competition. Competition, by and large, is good, right? I like Amazon, but I know that B&H is a smaller family-owned company, and they can get it to me in two days. And I'll go, and I'll buy stuff from B&H all the time. This is an example. Capitalism creates competition. Competition is good 
not just for corporations. Capital, see, capitalism doesn't just benefit. We think capitalism, we think corporations bad, big, big corporations bad. No, no, no. Capitalism creates competition. Competition benefits who? The consumer. Competition benefits you and me. I'm talking about goods, right? I'm talking about physical goods. I'll give you guys another example on physical goods. Cameras, right? The Canon 1DX. Canon 1DX a couple years ago came out as like a five six thousand dollar camera. Canon just announced a camera with better specs. Canon Canon EOS R6 for twenty five hundred dollars. Why? What happened? Well, when the Canon 1DX was out, there was less competition. Sony wasn't in the game. Panasonic wasn't in the game. A lot of these other brands weren't in the game. It was Canon and Nikon. I do, I use Canon by the way. You're watching this on the Canon. It's Canon and Nikon. Canon had Nikon, the only competitor, really, about 10, 15 years ago. Nikon was trash. It just was. It's, it's still, they're still not caught up. The moment Sony and Panasonic and all these other companies stepped up, then guess what? Canon started to make better cameras cheaper. So now you can get the same camera for $2,500 that three, four years ago was like $5,500. It could do 4K at 120 frames. I mean, it's, it could shoot raw, right? This is, this is how it works. This is, what, this is what capitalism is. It benefits people. It benefits people. It doesn't benefit the business because now the business has got to compete with each other. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And so I think the issue with a lot of the Black Lives Matter uh, things that are that are coming up is because they're Marxist or socialist or whatever you want to call it, they are then um, propagating these ideas to really overthrow our entire system, right? To overthrow our entire system. Now, there are certain social programs that I do agree with, right? Like, is education a service you should pay for or is it a right? Well, in America, we say it's a right up until you get to college. Should we extend that? I don't know. Healthcare. Is healthcare a service you should pay for or is it a right? I don't know. It, you know it's different. There are, diff- there are different perspectives on it. I think, uh, for example, I think education should be a right and I think there should be a degree of healthcare. I was, I was for the um, Obamacare policy, right? Now, the, the, the more and more you provide these social services, guess what? The more you have to pay in taxes. People don't like taxes, right? Taxes, depending on how much you're taxing, is can be viewed as immoral, right? That's why a lot of these companies really don't pay taxes because they say, hey, you tax us too much. We'll figure out ways to finesse these taxes. And then you have, again, the extreme, the Green New Deal. This would be a very extreme version where they want to tax people. This is stuff that Bernie Sanders, AOC is behind. They want to tax people who who make $10 million or more. Everything they make above $10 million, they want to tax them at a 70% rate. Now, in my opinion, if somebody's in business with you and getting more than 50%, they're the majority stakeholder, right? They're the majority stakeholder. So, like, I don't want the government, I, and again, I, you know, maybe someday, who, who knows, maybe God would bless me to make $10 million a year. But I, I, just because I'm not in that tax bracket doesn't mean that I could sit back and say, well, that's a moral law. That's not, that's not a moral law. Somebody making more than $10 million a year for every dollar they make, you know, after $10 million is 70%. That's kind of immoral. That's somebody that doesn't really contribute to your business and how you create wealth. Remember, wealth can be created taking the lion's share of what you make. That's crazy. That's crazy. This is, again, this is where socialism falls apart. This is why it's not moral, right? This is why it's not moral. Capitalism, not perfect. You can have crony capitalism. It can lead to consumerism. It's not perfect. 
But I think it's the best that we have. I think it's the best that we have. And I think it's intrinsic to who we are as people. I think it's the very core and the very fabric of who we are as people. And I think if you look uh, at scripture, capitalism is also about private property rights. It's about freedom, right? And so if you look at scripture, they definitely had private property rights, even in the New Testament, right? They they had businesses and they still pay taxes. And Jesus said pay taxes, render on to Caesar. But they still had uh, even though they were under a tyrannical Roman guard, they still had a degree of freedom to move around and to be fishermen and to have these different businesses. The people who were exploiting them were the tax collectors because they were like embezzling money for them. Right. So I think from a New Testament standpoint, I would argue that it that it does increase it. You know what I mean? What do you guys think? I'm trying to keep an eye on the comments. Um, their taxes are extremely high across the board. Who, who, what country are we talking about? Um... Yeah, so I, again, I don't have a problem with social programs. I think we need some degree of social programs. And I'm also, I'm also big on equal opportunity, right? Just because somebody grows up in an environment or grows up in a neighborhood where maybe there aren't as many, um, as many dads around or there, there are more men that are incarcerated, right? Like let's just say the south side of Chicago. I want the kids coming out of the south side of Chicago to have an equal shot. Right. And which is what guess what? It's going to create private charity, charity stepping up, people who have made it out, going back and pulling people out. And I think that's the best form. But it also needs to have some type of after school programs. Right. Uh, more trade school, job corps, so on and so forth. So I think it, it needs we need both. Like we need both. Like we need private citizens stepping up and saying, hey, I'm going to go back. If I, if I made it out, I'm going to go back and I'm going to help people make it out. And also we do need some degree of social programs. I think it's and both. Right. And I don't have a problem with paying for some social programs. I think the issue is if you look at our federal budget, if you look at our federal budget and you look how much we spend on military and how much we spend on jets and right, like these these wild things like we're, we spend a lot of our federal budget on like a really, really massive military. And I get it. We need law and order. We need the military. Salute to anybody who's watching this that's in the military or served our country. I appreciate you. At the same time, if we're talking about creating equal opportunity, do we need to spend that much of our money going into the budget? Do we need a government so big that it's so bureaucratic and there's so many different ways and it's inefficient, right? Or can some of that money be funneled better into after school programs, uh, financial literacy programs, trade schools, so on and so forth. Free college, more free college for certain kids. You, you see what I'm saying? And so I think I think it's an and both, right? Um, so yeah, that that that's kind of my my position on this. Is I think a lot of what we're talking about is it is a socialistic socialistic solution that just hasn't proven effective anywhere. You know, it just hasn't. Right. And maybe uh, that you guys are going back and forth in the comments, maybe in Sweden. But I would say Sweden is also very capitalistic. Right. And we have a hybrid. Like, I'm not going to cap and say we have a hybrid. So let me see some of these comments be real quick. Um, uh, shout out to Stephen J. Davis. Do I support defunding the police? It depends what your definition of defunding the police is. That's a, right. The. the the devil's in the details. What do you mean by defunding the police? So do I support abolishing the police? Heck no. No, that's a bad idea. You need somebody to enforce law and order. Abolishing the police is not smart. It's not a good idea. And even if you look at places that have, like I think Camden, New Jersey, 
did something like that. What they really did is they had the county step in and they restructured and restarted the police, uh, the local police department, right? That's You, you could look into that, right? Um, so I'm not, I'm absolutely not for abolishing the police. Defunding the police. Do I think the police needs to be militarized? No. Do I think the police needs to have tanks? No. Do, right? Do I think the police needs to have these crazy police unions? No. Right? Can we take some of the, I, you guys got to look this up on your own. I might be butchering this. I heard, a, I read a statistic that said like 94% of police calls are responding to Nonviolent, non-felony acts. Ninety-four percent, right? So you're talking homeless people. You're talking about non-violent domestic disputes. You're talking about, right? Wow, ninety-four percent, fam. Right? Again, I, I don't know if I'm accurate on this, so just, 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 just bear with me. But if that's the case, if that's the case, then yeah, I think we should re channel some of that funding into people that maybe don't need to show up with a gun uh who have a, the authority to take and you know take somebody's life yeah you know um and so uh is that help is that is that is that helpful i mean i feel like that's a fair answer about the defunding the police thing i know it's complicated um and so yeah so so again so i think the 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 dope part about black lives matter is 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 the overflow of what we're seeing is addressing the right issues, right? They're addressing the right problems, which is, hey, there's a disparity, and this disparity leads to more people in poverty who are black, and these people get treated poorly by police. Again, we're not just going to talk about, well, there's more white people that got killed. By and large, like, escalation of force, right? Nonviolent escalation of force. Um, lethal force. Black people tend to suffer disproportionately that. And is it because their neighborhoods are over-policed or is it because they commit more crime because they're in poverty? I don't know. But I think they're addressing the right problem. I think they're presenting really off solutions. Marxism and socialism is not a solution. Abolishing the police is not a good solution. These are not good solutions, guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, a cop with a gun shouldn't be the only person to show up in a suicide by cop situation. Agreed. Agree. That's a great point. You know what I'm saying? And so, and I will say that I think Christians dropped the ball on a lot of this stuff, right? Christians dropped the ball on these social issues. And now we have, what do we have now? We have Marxist socialist leaders who are presenting these ideas. And I think that's problematic, right? Let me see if I figure out. Um, uh, in Camden, New Jersey, 94% of the officers were laid off and hired back after the, the restructure. Yeah, and it seems to have really worked in Camden. Again, I, I, I've looked at a little bit of the articles about Canada. It seems to have worked in Camden, right? Um, I don't support the BLM organization, but the sentiment. Agreed. Agreed. And I would say most people, if you go and read to most people what their whole like dismantlement of the nuclear family and their Marxist, most people would be like, yeah, no. Not really with that, right? But the issue is now you got people on the right that lump everybody in. And this is this happens, literally happened to me today, like today, like before I went live. They lump everybody in who is a supporter of the sentiment as a Marxist and as a socialist and as a communist. And it's like, I don't know how many different ways I got to tell you that I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a free market guy. I think the best way for us to thrive is to build businesses and acquire skills, right? So that, I think that's the... That's the that's the problem, right? That's the problem with it. Um, most people I know don't support the website, but more than saying Christians tend to uphold democracy and capitalism way too much. Do they? 
I don't, I don't, I don't think we have, you know, I don't know. I think democracy and capitalism aren't like, like you can't argue that the Bible teaches them, but I think they're congruent with scriptural principles. Yeah, I think they are. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, are they perfect? No, but neither is social. I mean, again, like if you look at socialism and you look at poverty and you look at, you look at how many times it's failed as somebody that came from a country where socialism failed. Don't get it twisted. And it wasn't because America's fault. No, it failed because it doesn't work. It, by and large, it does not work, right? Look at, look at China, the new superpower, China. What are they doing? India, what are they doing? They're becoming more and more capitalistic. They're trading with the free world. Hmm. Socialism is not the solution. It's just not. Now, uh, again, in cap when I say capitalism, I don't mean consumerism i don't mean crony capitalism that is not what i'm talking about i'm talking about free trade i'm talking about who we are as people so how can you win in capitalism how can you win in this thing called cat in our current system i thought you would never ask goodness gracious don't you guys want to know how we can all win um well the first thing you could do is uh graduate high school that's key right again brookings brookings institute look at that study graduate high school uh wait until you're at least 21 to get married then have kids after you get married okay that was another thing and then work a full-time job you do those three things you'll break into the middle class 98 percent of people who do those three things break into the middle class right there's 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 an order to it and by the way cohabitating um and, and i've learned about this for years and i think uh this is one of the things i agree with ben shapiro on um cohabitating before marriage the longer you cohabitate before marriage live together before marriage the higher the chances of that relationship not making it that's that's a fact right that's an interest that's an interesting fact right you can talk about why so off top graduate high school wait until you're 21 to get married then have kids after you're married work full-time now let's talk more specifically another one i would add to that is get your butt out of debt if you're in debt get out of debt if you're in college stop taking out student loans don't take out any more student loans. Student loans are not dope. By the way, they don't tell you this. Student loans are the main form, not the main, the only one of the, I think the only form of debt that you cannot write off in a bankruptcy. Uh, they're with you forever. So say, God forbid, you have, I don't know, you, you wanted to be a doctor and you've got $100,000 in student loans. And then you have some catastrophic accident. You can't work. Uh, you 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 have to file for bankruptcy because of the medical bills. You got to file for bankruptcy on your car. Uh, those student loans don't go away, bud. Those are with you forever until you die. Horrible, horrible debt. And that's a whole nother thing. Like I think that's just that's just not lit. Like that's just evil in my opinion. Like you'll give a eighteen year old a hundred thousand dollars to go to school for drama. Right, but you won't give that same eighteen year old one hundred thousand dollars to start their own business. How? Right? This is this is this is this is stupid. This is this is this is not dope. So, don't go into debt. If you're in debt, pay that mug off. You know what I'm saying? Pay that mug off as quickly as possible. I recommend the Dave Ramsey baby steps. They are in the description. You can go check out the Dave Ramsey baby steps. Uh, look into those. Those are important. So uh, I paid off $45,000 of debt in 18 months. By the way, when I was in my 20s working crap jobs, me and my wife not making a ton of money, we figured it out. Everybody could figure it out. So one, um, you know, don't go into debt. Two, uh, develop a scarce skill set. I talk a lot about skill stacking, talent stacking. You don't have to be number one, right? Being number one 
at something doesn't mean that you have to, uh, you have, <laughs> you, you got to be the best. This is, this is probably going to be somebody that's better at you in a lot of these things. So what you could do is though, you could be in the 90th percentile of four or five different abilities. And those things will actually position you to make way more money. I'll give you an example. I am not the best YouTuber, but I'm probably in the 90th percentile of YouTubers, right? I'm not the best rapper, but I'm up there. I'm not the best speaker, but I'm up there, right? So I said, let's just call me a B. Let's just call me a B, but I'm a B at like five or six different things, right? I'm a B at, guess what? Designing my own merchandise. All the stuff you see, I designed it, right? So I'm, I'm not the best designer. I'm not the best YouTuber. I'm not the best filmmaker. I'm not the best rapper. I'm not the best producer. But man, I'm fairly efficient at all these things, right? I'm fairly efficient and I function at a, at a professional level at all these things, which gives me what, what, what you would call specific knowledge or unique knowledge. Now, I took these same skills and guess what? I went and made way more uh, in the market doing these for somebody else than I did working a regular Joe job. So I started doing these things for other people. I was able to make more money. I made more money. I saved more money. And then I took those same skills, learned and refined them working for somebody else. I took those same skills. I started my own company, King's Dream Entertainment. And I went full-time with 2015. And I grossed $100,000 a year doing that. And I'm trying to scale to seven figures, God willing, right? I'm not the best, but I scaled over. I got specific skills. So what skills are you passionate about? What abilities are you passionate about, right? You could be, if you are a good designer, right? Again, not the best designer, but I'm I'm decent. I think this design is pretty dope. Be a good designer and you can learn to be a good coder. Well, then you could you could figure out uh, an app to design, right? I'll give you guys a really cool graphic real quick. I want you guys to see this because I think this is important. But you, you, you guys see where I'm going with this? Like you can have these different skills and you can um, you can th- you, you can build different uh, you can build different intersections of skills and um, I'm gonna show this. My man Corey read uh, Corey Paul music posted this. Check this out, right? Watch this. And this is an opportunity for a lot of us, by the way, right? It's an opportunity for a lot of us. Check this out. These companies didn't exist in 2007. These companies didn't exist in 2007. There's a lot of companies that are going to be thriving on the other side of this recession that we're about to enter. Instagram, Uber, Snapchat, Bitcoin, WhatsApp, iPad. The iPad didn't exist. That's crazy. iPad didn't exist before 2007. I think the iPhone just launched. Slack, Tesla, Android, Airbnb, uh, 4G Internet, uh, Pinterest, Spotify, Beats by Dre. Ah, gosh, these are like household names. They didn't exist. They didn't exist in 2007, and they made it despite there being a recession. Now, what do all those things have in common? They're usually startups coded by somebody who has a variety of skills, right? So you can develop skills. You could take a coding boot camp. You can take a design boot camp. You can, you can take a public speaking class. You can learn to create something, and then you can learn to market something. Facebook marketing. Whew, that's a huge opportunity right there. This is live. Shout out to you watching. So you guys see what I'm saying? Like, this is how you win a capitalism. You win by what? We're, skill, we're a skills economy. We're a skills service economy in America, right? We don't really make a ton of stuff here. You develop better skills. You develop more scarce skills if you're the person that can design really well because you have a great aesthetic and you can code. If you have a great aesthetic and you can code 
and you know Facebook marketing, well, then you can potentially design an app and make it look fly and have the coding ability to make it function well. And then if you have the sales ability through Facebook marketing, now you could sell that. You you guys see where I'm going with this? And so, um, yes, you can win in America. And then what you do is you take that money. You can put it in real estate. You can put it in the market. I'm putting all my money in the market. I live in Southern California. It's very expensive to get into real estate. You need like $100,000 to get in the game. So I'm putting my money into Robinhood. Again, go watch that video about Robinhood. It's the video called The Thing I Disagree with Dave Ramsey. I'm getting 20% on my money in Robinhood. 20% rule of 72. What is the rule of 72, you ask? Rule of 72. Whatever you're getting for your money, divide that into 72, right? The interest rate. So 20% divided by 72. Three, that's three and a half. So in three and a half years, if you put $10,000 in something that generates you 20%, an ETF, a mutual fund, they are, there are ones that do that. There are ETFs that do that. In three and a half years, you, that, that amount will double. Put 10000 in three and a half years, that amount will double. You'll have 20000 In another three and a half years, that 20000 will turn into 40000 Now imagine hustling, having skills, working hard, earning money, saving up, and putting $100,000 and just letting it sit there, right? Not touching it, just letting it sit. And then in three and a half years, you have 200,000. And then another three and a half years, you have 400,000. Boom, you just made, you, that's 400,000 in seven years, right? Wait another, wait another three and a half years. That's eight, that's almost a million, right? You, get, you guys see how this works? And so um, skills, make the money, start your own products, start your own companies, develop these skills. We can learn a lot of this stuff right at home, right on our phones. You can, you can take a Facebook marketing class for dirt cheap. You could take uh, a video editing. Like you could learn a lot of these skills. So develop an intersection of, um, of these different skills. And thank you, Destiny. I appreciate you saying that. I almost forgot that. And live below your means, right? The issue with a lot of us is the more we make, the more we make, the more we spend, right? And I started seeing this. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, I want more shoes. I want more of this. That's, that's what I spend my money on. Keep your, keep your cost of living down. Keep your cost of living down. If you can keep your cost of living next to nothing, then guess what? You can make 100000 a year, but live like you're making 30000 a year, right? Now, imagine if you did that for three, four years, right? And that's where you hear these crazy stories of these guys who buy a home in cash. Why? Well, because they kept living in that basement with those roommates making 100 grand a year, but they were living off of 30. They saved and saved and saved, and then they bought a house cash. Now, imagine if you didn't have any debt and you owned your house outright and you didn't have to pay for rent again. Imagine all the cash flow that would come in. By the way, the sooner, the sooner you start this stuff, the better. The younger, the better, right? The younger, the better. So if you're young, if you're under 25, if you don't have a family, please don't go into debt. Please just, uh, develop the skills you need for this stuff. You need these. You need these because if you want to build wealth, if you don't, if you come for money, right? Um, you, you know, and this doesn't matter to you. Cool. I come from nothing. Like, no, we came out here with nothing. Like, we, I was on welfare, right? I came from nothing. So th- this stuff is important to me. Why? Because I want to pass down property. Why? Because I want to make more so I can give more. I want to live like no one else so later I can live and give like no one else. Shout out to Dave Ramsey. Uh, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. Amen. Thank you, Destiny. You're on a roll, yo. Um, so anyway, hopefully this is helpful. Um, hopefully this is helpful. I don't think capitalism is white supremacy. I don't think capitalism is oppressive. I don't think capitalism makes people poor. I think it actually does the opposite of that. I think capitalism 
a true capitalism, again, free market. I'm not talking about consumerism. I'm not talking about monopolies. I'm not talking about them. True capitalism empowers us to build wealth. Wealth can be passed down. I want equal opportunity for people to build wealth, right? I want equal opportunity for people to build wealth. I want the, the, the fatherless to have the same shot as the kid that, that, that's growing up and his dad's a lawyer. I want the same opportunity. This is where uh, a lot of, you know, maybe conservatives would not like that. But I think we have to level the playing field. I want equal opportunity. I don't want equal outcome. I want the person who's the most talented uh, to win. And I don't, I don't want, you know what I mean? That's, I, th- I think that's, that's reasonable. You know, so um, if you're young, man, Robinhood app, put some money in that. Right. Uh, I have a list of e- I showed all my ETFs that I invest in. Right. Put some money on that. Learn some scarce skills, skills that other people don't have. Video editing, design, coding, music production. Right. These are things that you can learn. and You can pass down to other people and you can work and make more using those skills. And then you can use those same skills to build your own business when you're ready. Okay? We have socialism for the rich and extreme capitalism for the poor. Uh, yeah, man. And that's and that's not right. And we think we need to adjust that. I think we need to adjust that. And I think that's a bummer. So anyway, guys, these are my thoughts. I would love to hear from you. Give this video a thumbs up. Let me know what y'all think. Uh, let's see if I drop a third video today. And by the way, if you want to listen to this on the podcast app, King's Dream Outlier. On the podcast app, it's on Spotify, it's everywhere. Shout out to all you guys listening there. Uh, It's going up through Anchor. And yeah, man, appreciate you guys rocking with me big time. And uh, keep keep hustling, man. Keep, Keep hustling, but work smart, right? Develop these skills, be intentional, be calculated, be disciplined, be self restrained, self controlled. And don't assume that because something appears a certain way that there's necessarily evil to it. Capitalism is not evil, okay? It's the best solution that we have right now. So appreciate you guys. Thank you so much.